is brought to you by TrueCar. Access an exclusive audience of lower funnel car buyers through our network of over 500 affinity partners, including USAA, Sam's Club, and AAA. Close more sales in a cost-effective way. There's never been a better time to become a TrueCar certified dealer. Hey, we're live. Welcome to Auto Dealer Live. I'm Dave Cribbs, and sitting in for Mr. David Villa today is Tim Jocelyn. Hey, how you doing? Tim, so good to have you here. You know, Tim is the operations manager and project manager for the Furman Automotive Group here in Tampa. And, you know, we were just talking before the show. I was like, you know, Tim, Furman's been around forever. Like, I grew up here, and I can remember when there was so little here, but I remember that dealership being here, and we talked about how long they'd been in business. Tell us how they got started. Uh, since 1895, they were actually uh, started out as a bike shop. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that I can't think of another dealer that I can think of that is any older than 1895. There's some out there, This uh, not in this area, but uh, I think uh, Furman is in the top seven in the United States as far as age is concerned. So. Wow, that is, yeah. it's, it's so crazy. And, and, and now Furman has, you know, at least around a dozen or so nameplates, uh, you know, uh, manufacturers. And uh, so we'll be getting into that a, in a little bit. But today, uh, make sure that you like and share the show. We're going to be giving away some things. We've got this. Uh, this is a really cool shirt. It's uh, it's by Automate, but it's a dry fit like workout shirt uh, that's uh, manufactured by. I guess it's Hurley, right, Lou? Is that Hurley? Are you kidding me? It's Under Armour. Under Armour. Oh, I thought it was Hurley. It looks like an H to me. Look, I'm not. Look, don't accuse me of being a fashion expert, okay? No fashionista, but come on, it's Under Armour. Is this the one that works out for you? Yes. Yeah. If you put that on, you don't have to go to the gym, so it's quite a uh, quite a uh, score. Yeah. Everyone that sees me when I work out. I look extra thin because of the Under Armour. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So, so hey, make sure you like and share the show today. Um, we're not just giving away the shirt, by the way. We're giving away an entire swag package. This is just one of the featured items in that. So make sure that you like and share the show, and we'll announce the winner at the end of the show. We'll so be announcing at 4:15, and they're receiving two of David's book, two of David's books. Sorry, okay. they'll be receiving uh, Leader Be Lunch and his new book, Grind. Okay. We're receiving a couple of little knickknacks that we're going to be including in the package with some of our sponsors. Terrific. Thank you, Lou. So, you know, before the show started, I was quizzing Tim because, you know, having access and being the operations manager over so many nameplates and so many different rooftops, you know, we, we started talking about some of the dynamics of that. Yep. And, you know, some of the things that we're going to get in today and we'll have Tim weigh in on. And, and by the way, the, the horsepower today is insane uh, on today's show. We've got we've got a, a laundry list of, of guests that are GMs, uh, uh, dealer principals, uh, e-commerce e directors. And then we have a sales consultant to weigh in also. Uh, we've got the president and CEO of Automate. I mean, just a laundry list. So we're gonna, it's going to be a great show, and a, uh, we're going to get into some great things. We're going to talk a little bit, Tim, about retention and how important it is to you know, not only be looking at uh, hiring but keeping the right people exactly. and, and what that looks like today maybe even versus a few years ago. And then we're going to get into uh, you know some things that are new and kind of what's next. Um, we've we've got a, kind of a special treat coming up later uh, on a topic that is is might be changing uh, some of the things that we offer as dealers and some of the things that we do uh, coming soon. And then of course uh, we'll get into some also some a little bit about training. So I know that we have got some national sales trainers that tune into the show that have been guests of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the individual named trainer versus maybe 
a uh, deeper, wider company and resource for training. We'll be talking about the ins and outs of those things. So how do you feel today, Tim? Doing great. Doing great. Doing so, yeah. so, so tell me, you know, we've been on a ride for a while in the car yeah. business, right? The last, Definitely. you know, six or seven years, um, bouncing back in a big way. What do you see? Do you think that we're going to continue? What does it look like with your stores? What are the projections? Uh, but what we're seeing right now is it's, you know, a steady climb. It's not, uh, hasn't tapered off. Uh, which is a good thing. I mean, it's still still uh, climbing up for us. Yeah, that is a good thing, and 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 I think that. Um, do you think it's because we have so, that that we that our not only is our economy strong right now, but that we kind of created maybe some new checks and balances. I mean, we know that subprime is back in a big way and 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 all that, but have we figured out a way to keep this thing more consistent? I think they have. I think that what you're finding is uh, that. Well, not just the banks uh, or your your secondaries, but they're they've become more involved before, where it was just send it in with the paper. Now they're they're more much more involved now, much more hands on. Uh, exactly. And, yeah. yeah. So so those you know we're going to have some great perspectives in a lot of dis- different areas. Uh, I can't wait to bring in our guest, um, and and we'll intro them all as we come back uh, from a break. But we're going to take a break for just a moment. Uh, pay some bills, and we'll be right back to get into some great topics with some heavy car business. You're watching Auto Dealer Live. Hey, welcome back. I'm Dave Cribbs. You're watching Auto Dealer Live, and I'm sitting here with Tim Jocelyn, the Director of Operations and Project Manager for the Furman Automotive Group. Uh, again, in business since 1895, just yeah. started just started a few months ago, I guess, right? Um, but seriously, uh, they go, uh, they're here in Tampa Bay, but and beyond, uh, reach out much further. So how far away from Tampa is the further store? Furthest one from us is going to be up in Newport Ritchie. Newport Ritchie. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a pretty contained area, but pretty much saturated the entire Tampa Bay market with about a dozen nameplates, and, um, and, and we're lucky to have him here today, and he's going to be weighing in. Along with our super uh, special guest we've got on the line, we've got Chris Fuckel. He's sales consultant at Joe, uh, and I hope I say this right, uh, Michelle's Toyota. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'm butchering that, uh, Tim, but uh, I'm sure Chris will correct us here in a minute. We've got Kristen Dillard, dealer principal at Team Auto Group. We've got Kevin Fry, e-commerce director at Jeff Weiler Automotive Group. Mike Esposito, president and CEO of Automate. And joining us here in a few, um, he's working deals right now, is Eric White, G- GM at Fisher Chevrolet Buick GMC and Collision Center. So uh, without further ado, let's go, let's go real quick to... Uh, to Chris and Chris, just correct me on the on the pronunciation of of Joe. Uh, I said Machen's Toyota. I'm sure it's wrong. I was just actually got my last name right, but uh, <laughs> it's a uh, Joe Mockins. Joe Mockins, Joe Mockins Toyota. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. We're going to come to you for comments in just a moment, but I kind of want to kick it off with Kristen uh, Dillard. First of all, welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You know, uh, Tim and I were talking just before the show. I said, you know, what's on the forefront uh, as the director of operations for for Furman and this big automotive group? And, you know, oftentimes when we talk about what's the key to success in the auto business, it, it always seems to come back to the same thing, which is people, right? Our personnel, our people. Yep. And that's something that, that, that Tim is really focused on right now for his entire uh, group and I wanted to get into that, uh, Kristen. As the as the dealer principal, first of all, 
Um, I think we all know how important it is, but do you feel like the people that we're looking for or the way that we're hiring is changing? Is it changing at your, uh, at your auto group maybe versus even just a few years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before, when I was coming up through the business, we were always trying to hire people that were local, that knew the area and knew the market. And um, in the last, I don't know, five years, we've made the commitment to just go out and hire the best and the brightest. So we just brought in um, someone from Indiana. We've brought in people from Michigan. We've brought in people that are just the absolute top of their game and brought them in to help us um, reach our goals, which are to grow. And, you know, talking to some people Sometimes they were scared of hiring somebody that might be smarter than them or be better at their job than them. But to me, it was always important to hire people that absolutely positively knew what they were doing. And we as the leaders, the dealers, and the general managers, we bring those people together and create those synergies between the best and the brightest. You surround yourself with great people. Yeah. yeah, and the other part of our hiring strategy is we won't hire anybody that we don't feel like can be a part of our family. So if they don't share our culture okay. and our values, they're just not going to be a fit for us. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. And, you know, and Tim, we'll go to you for a moment because, um, you know, Kristen brought up a couple of good points. One thing that she said is talking about hiring people that are, that are, that are maybe smarter than you, things like that. Um, I, I remember one of the biggest pieces of advice that I got from my mentor back in the day, and you may know him, by the way, Tim, but you know Matt Coffey, Matthew Coffey? Yep. Okay, so uh, Matt Coffey was, hired me in the business and uh, worked with him for many, many years. But one of the things he shared with me early on, and he's like, Dave, don't, don't ever be afraid to hire someone that you feel is better than you. And I have lived by that. And I think that's a great point that, uh, that Kristen brings up. So I'll ask your opinion about that as well as the other thing I caught there from Kristen is the fact that now as dealers, we may have the capability to reach out way beyond our market to pull people in because I, I'm assuming that's through all, everything we see with social media and being able to actually connect with these, yep. these rock stars. But go ahead. And I, and I think that she made a great point. And that's uh, you can't be afraid to hire somebody that – may be smarter than you or may know more about a certain subject than you do. Uh, I think that's what makes dealerships great dealerships in that you don't know it all. If you're the GM, you're the owner, whoever it might be, you don't know it all. But if you get enough people together, together you will know it all and you'll get it all done. Yeah. But you can't try and do it all by yourself. you got to have smart people around you. That's a great point, and I think a lot of us uh, kind of fall into that trap. And we'll go to Mike Esposito um, as as a president and CEO, um, you know, I think about how you know when you when you when you are the decision maker, when you are maybe the GM or the principal, um, you know, don't you almost feel a resp isn't it hard to let go of that and actually kind of uh, I don't want to say have an open mind because that's under under kind of underselling it, but um, isn't it difficult? don't you feel like a responsibility like i've got to get this right so much that i've just got to go with my own way um maybe talk about the the risk of doing that mike um versus really being able to collaborate with those that you're hiring well i, I thanks Dave. I, I think that uh you know what's been said is right you know first of all you know, I believe that you hire for attitude, you can teach the skills. So unless somebody has the right attitude, and, and as was said earlier, 
uh, wants to be part of your family, part of your culture. And I don't care if they're doing 30 cars a month at a different dealership and they come to work for me, want to come to work for me. If they don't fit our culture, they, uh, they don't get hired. And, you know, and certainly at Automate, that's the way we are. You got to fit our culture first. You know, uh, and it's really, you know, majority of our people are dealership people. Um, so, you know, once you have people who fit your culture, um, and as a leader, you know, I, I believe you, you, know, you just, you set the tone, you lead by example, uh, and you basically say that, you know, here's where we're going and, you know, and people will follow you if they understand that you care about them, you know? So if you care about your employees and they know that they care about you and how well your, co- uh, your company does, it's very, it's a fairly simple equation. Yeah. It's funny to say that Mike, because. I, uh, one of the first lines on my LinkedIn profile says, you know, uh, leadership is effective, uh, regardless of the business. Uh, you can learn the business, but if you don't have leadership, uh, it, you're not going to be effective, even if you know the business. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. a, yeah, a great point. And let's go to, uh, Kevin Fry to have Kevin sort of weigh in. And I'll kind of pose this to you, to you, Kevin. We've just, we've just heard several, uh, sort of common themes and that, we may not be looking as much for or as impressed by maybe numbers someone has done, but how well they're really going to fit in our culture. So, you know, when we're looking at prospective employees and we are interviewing them, what are we really looking for? Are we looking for someone who does have just this impressive resume? And can we, and by the way, can we afford to ignore that? Or do we also, are we really more looking for how they're going to make us feel in that interview and how interested they are in our company and our, our mission? Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I might look at it a little bit differently. I mean, when we're doing that initial interview, a lot of what we're doing is we're trying to set realistic expectations of what's going to happen with the job. Uh, to be successful with this, we have to be consumer-facing, which means when our consumers are shopping, we have to be there. Hence, we have the, the weekends, the long nights, etc. cetera. Uh, I think where we really try to focus is identifying that right person, but the big part of the culture at Jeff Weiler is the training and the empowering of the people after we bring them on. Uh, simply put, uh, if we can make them successful, then we ourselves will be successful as a result. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. You know, you said you brought up some some great points, and we'll go to Chris uh, Fuchel as uh, the, the sales consultant at Joe Mockins Toyota. And, uh, you know, you just heard a few things, Chris, uh, from some of the uh, decision makers, essentially, when it comes to hiring and, and coming up with uh, uh, not only hiring but retention strategies to keep good people. What have you seen uh, Chris, at your dealership or your store, or what's important to you as a salesperson that you need to be getting in order to feel like, hey, this is the place that I'm committed to? Go ahead. Well, this is interesting to me because I've been at my dealership a week in Columbia, mm-hmm. Missouri, and I actually transferred or came here from Fayetteville, Arkansas. But when, when I started, I think Kristen's right. It's not just about hiring local anymore. It's about going out and finding people. I was in Kansas City doing about 32 to 34 cars a month and got recruited to a dealership in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, 
you know, and I think it's not only as the principals looking for someone that's going to fit in their in their group. It's also when we look at salespeople because I know before I made any move, especially this last one, you know, I checked out the dealership and did my homework as well because we're we're also interviewing the dealers and what they're going to do as well because you know we're we're picking up and moving thousands of miles. Um, and it's what you can be successful. Are they going to support you? You know, my, my second month in Columbia, South Carolina, after moving two or 3,000 miles, you know, I did 30 cars. But I had the support of the owners that they invested in what I wanted as far as training, too. You know, I've done a lot. I've spent five figures on myself to get to where I can be a 30-car guy and come up with programs that I can do. You know, <clears throat> just in prospecting, that's a big thing. Fran Taylor taught me a lot, you know, to move to a town where you know nobody to be able to prospect. And I, and I think it goes both ways. You have to interview each other and uh, make the best move, but I think it's exactly right. You're not only hiring local anymore. You can go out and dealerships are recruiting people, and I'm just proof of it. I, you know, this is, this is the fourth time I've moved, and it's the last time. Knock on wood, but, you know. Well, that's a big leap, uh, you know, when you're doing 32 to 34 cars. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a leap of faith yeah. to go somewhere. So you have to be bought in uh, when you make that move. And, uh, and, and it seems like you're, you, you have some wisdom, Chris, uh, because if you've spent that much to invest in yourself, that's rare in itself. You are the type of person that, that dealers are going to look at to recruit from halfway across the country. And let's talk about that for a moment, Tim, as far as, you know, when you're sitting, you know, thinking about how do we retain, how do we attract, how do we hire, are you kind of going over with your uh, leadership team? Um, what can we do that makes this place not only attractive, but attractive while they're here as well? Well, it all starts uh, before you even interview the individual uh, because that they're going to understand your culture before they even sit down. When they walk in the door to wherever you're meeting them, you know, if they walk yeah. into the store, they're going to understand your culture. But really, once they make the decision to join you, it also goes down to the onboarding process. Because a lot of dealerships will bring somebody in, and I've seen it, they'll bring a, a new salesperson on. on mm-hmm. And they'll bring them in, and they'll show them their desk, show them a phone, this is your computer, here's your login information, go sell cars. And that's the end of it. Right. Not once has any of the leadership, whether it be a dealer principal, the GM, the general sales, whoever it might be, nobody's bothered to take the time, even to take this person to lunch to get to even know their name. Right. I know one, excuse me, one GM, that his policy was, hey, until you're here in 90 days, I don't even want to know your name. Wow. So. Wow. uh, Well, you know, and I always thought that that was one of the really special things about the car business is as leaders, you know, typically um, up to the position of general manager, they're actually physically in the same, you know, the same store. It's not like a lot of corporations where, you know, you're never going to meet the guy or the gal who's higher up because they don't even come this way. Right. But in the dealership, everybody's right there. And and, and I think that that kind of provides a very. Um, interesting advantage when it comes to culture because you're creating a culture at your store one way or another. We know that to be true. And that <laughs> works its way all the way up. I'm, I'm talking from the, the lowest person on your pay, pay scale, you know, all the way up. So, I mean, if you don't know your, as, as a leadership in that story, if you don't know your text names, don't know your porters, don't know those people, 
and, and actually spend time to get to know them. Know they have a family. Know they have new kids or whatever right. it might be. That's just all part of them buying into the family. Yeah, and the funny thing is, and we'll go to Kristen on this because Kristen mentioned that family type of atmosphere, you know, and I think it is just as important, you know, like maybe maybe your store is, you know, going to focus on, like, like Tim mentioned, you know, knowing the names of your techs and things like that, but maybe your store is focusing currently on, hey, how are we going to get our average RO up in the service drive? Well, instead of maybe all a browbeating meeting or a or a or a, a plan that you know you're going to rearrange everything how about going down and and having lunch with a tech or talking to a tech or getting to know a tech i think that in my opinion and, and kristen you can weigh in but i think personally for that tech that is so much more motivating like it could literally turn them around for years as far as their productivity when they believe that what they put into uh, their piece of the pie here for the dealership actually means something go ahead and talk about that Kristen yeah definitely um, so for us it was helping our team understand the why behind the decisions that we were yeah. making or the things that we were pushing for with our um, with our goals or you know like if somebody's falling behind they need to understand why or how that's happening and why it's important so we've found that as soon as they understand the why behind it they they jump in and do whatever they can um, it, it is yeah. very much like a family, though, because we're going to love them enough to make sure that they're not going to fail if we can help it, and then we're going to love them enough to help them find another job if they just can't. But um, to us, it's just important to keep that constant communication going. But I did want to circle back real quick to that onboarding co- culture that Absolutely. you spoke about. Absolutely. Um, so we've... We've been in business for 25 years, and every time a salesperson sells their first car, we do this accidentally negative thing and cut their tie. <laughs> and we didn't realize that it was a negative thing. We thought, you know, oh, this is fun and hee hee ha ha. Um, but we brought in a uh, new leader for our sales department. His name's Micah. And um, one of the things that he brought to the table immediately was stop doing the cut the tie thing. Let's do a shoe day instead. So whenever one of our salespeople sells their first car, he goes and buys them a pair of Nikes so that they can go pound the pavement and go sell more cars. And it's this great, big, fun family moment where everybody's cheering for them. And it's a, it's a whole different um, experience than we're going to cut your tie and make you walk around with your with your tie cut off. So um, Kristen, I think it's important to bring that up. Kristen, I guarantee you there are dealers that after today will be buying shoes. I think I'm going to buy stock, stock Nike because there are dealers that will take <laughs> you up on that. I guarantee it. So we had uh, well, something similar. We had actually, uh, I wasn't involved, but uh, I was in the, in the end result because uh, the sales was a new salesperson would sell their first vehicle. The other salesperson would tell them, hey, you know, once you, when you sell a vehicle, your first vehicle, you got to buy Tim a dozen roses. Oh, no. And I can't tell you the number of times I came into a dozen roses on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, that is that yeah. is awesome. So uh, you know, let's go back to uh, to Chris Fuqua real quick because you know one of the things I also caught that you said, and I promised our viewers and our panel that we would talk at least briefly about this, is that you know uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that you're a you're a thirty car plus guy. Um, who's invested in himself, but one of the things that you said earlier was that it was just as important to you that after you arrived at the store that the training 
uh, was there for you. And I thought that was kind of interesting coming from someone who is obviously a very experienced salesperson that has the numbers to back it up, how training would be important to you after the fact. So um, maybe just talk about that briefly, and then we're going to go to a couple of other of our panels, and we're going to have some questions along those lines. Go ahead. Well, it just boils down to what I remembered the first day I started in this business. My first owner in Kansas City, Ted Heater, he told me, you know, if you don't learn something new every day in this business, you're not doing your job. And he was actually the one that got me hooked up with Fran Taylor on my first training and conference I went to, and I wound up speaking at several other conferences. But it's just, you know, it's it's a new world with social media and everything, and we can't do everything like we do. And I know everybody hears this over and over like they've done the last 40 years, but if you don't get out and train and learn, because I'll be, I'll admit, technology, technology, I'm the worst and the biggest idiot there is, and I'm still learning it, and I'm getting better with Facebook and things, but, you know, if you don't get out and try new things and learn new things, then you're just going to get stagnant, and you're going to become that guy they call Five Car Fred, because you can see, for people that don't change, you can see in the four dealerships I've been in, their numbers dwindling. You know, they may have been a 20-car guy once at one time, in their, but now they're down to maybe 12 or 11, and you hear the huddle over there talking about, you know, I remember when I was doing 20 cars a month. Well, you can't remember then. You've got, you've got to change with the times and the training. So when I would go somewhere or anybody would call and ask me, I would want to make sure that dealership is proactive in training, I don't mind spending my own money, but also if they can match some money or help me. And so far, I've been blessed in every dealership I've been in that, that they help out with the training on some levels. Yeah, I appreciate that, Chris. You know, I, I, I often say, uh, Tim, that training is the one ROI that never stops delivering. It's, you know, I can, I, can, I can trace things back to some of my very first days in the car business, things that I held on to my entire career that made me money forever, which means that made the dealers money forever. Uh, yeah. so, I, so I think that's really big. Let's go to uh, Kevin Fry and get you back in the conversation, Kevin. And, uh, you know, earlier, Tim and I were, uh, well, actually, I was kind of posing the question to Tim that uh, because his organization is is so big, you know, I, I kind of was quizzing him about what that, that the training looks like. You know, is it is it, you know, the same across the board? What are you guys doing when you implement training? Do you have someone that's, you know, that's a that's an employee? that you just send to all of your stores? What does that look like? And, uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But, Kevin, I'm going to kind of pose the question for you. I mean, you're at Weiler Automotive Group. And, you know, as a group, do the, do the individual stores control what training they're going to have when it comes to uh, whether it's an in-store person or someone they can bring in from the outside? And then the second part of that question is, you know, uh, do you look for – maybe a one of these you know uh sales trainers that have a big name within the auto industry and try to pull them in or do you look more like an organization that's a little wider and deeper go ahead kevin boy you just gave me a whole bunch to answer there but uh you know we're blessed to be a large organization so we have a lot uh, more resources than a lot of folks out there we have a full-time training center And part of our strategy with Jeff Water Automotive family is all of the stores that we have acquired and we have built are within a two-hour radius so that we can leverage those resources that we have here at corporate. 
So Tim and Kristen brought up some great points about their onboarding programs. They're absolutely right. Uh, when anyone is hired, uh, they're required to come to corporate for our onboarding program, which takes a day. And then we have uh, every month uh, training, all-day training, to teach people how to work Internet opportunities, how to do phone skills. Every quarter, there is mandatory training for every salesperson, every sales manager, every fixed ops. And that's a curriculum that can change uh, each quarter. And then we will also bring in outside trainers. And I, I love that you uh, asked that question. And we did just recently have uh, Joe Webb come in with Dealer Nose Consulting, which was fantastic. Uh, but we've also found that some of our best training is outside of uh, automotive. Uh, last year we brought in Anthony Munoz, a Hall of Famer, uh, the NFL, with a year before that, we had a 28-year Navy SEAL Team 6 veteran and senior leader that spoke to our organization on leadership. And uh, I guess the last thing I would share is we actually have a full-time in-house leadership trainer because one of the things that automotive we're famous for doing is saying, hey, listen, if you're great at selling cars, you must be the perfect person to be a sales manager. Yet we don't train on any of those skills. Uh, with this in-house trainer now, uh, if you get one of those positions, you will go through a pretty extensive leadership training program that takes place uh, not for the just first three days of training, but there's follow-up months to go back to work on those skills and put them into place. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. It sounds like you have a, a lot of variety there, which I love, and uh, we'll get back to some of that probably on a different show. And I'm going to go to Mike real quick. Uh, Esposito, um, President and CEO of Automate, and you know, as a as a as a vendor, Mike, from the sort of in some ways from the outside looking in, when you see dealers, and uh, and we get on this subject of of training, what, you know, the good news for you is that you get to see so many different dealers, and you get to see maybe some of the things that work well, some not so much. But have you seen anything, even if it's something small, that you've seen dealers do, and you say, you know what? That is really cool. Or, or, yeah, there's some results there. That Every dealer should be doing that. Is there anything like that that you've witnessed, Mike? Well, yeah, you know, I've seen uh, dealers, that certainly the larger groups, uh, do what was suggested with some uh, training. Somebody specifically focused on making sure the new, the new people are onboarded correctly. I think because that's really where the training starts, you know, what we're about, how we, you know, what the history of the company is and what have you. Um, and I, and I got to tell you, one of the be some of the best dealerships that I've been in and with, you know, we certainly respect the certainly all the gentlemen out there have been the women-run dealerships. They they seem to focus a lot more on making sure that as people come on, that they get trained correctly in their culture and what's going on in the communications within the dealership. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a hat off to the ladies uh, that run these dealerships that, that it goes so well. But uh, other than switching the, the GM to a, a female, I think that one of the best things I've ever seen is really a lot of mentoring programs that some of the dealers have put in with the uh, the salespeople who you want the person to uh, basically follow that person's lead, that lead by example, and to actually set up teams of mentors with their new hires and new people coming on, training them on how they run the, uh, the sales operation or what have you. Yeah, I, Mike, I want to tag on that if you don't mind. It's because 
I think a lot of times that we forget that you lead people and you manage systems. When we take somebody from, say, the floor and turn them into a sales manager, uh, we expect, you know, we, we call them a manager, and that's what, that's what they think they do. They think they're supposed to manage the people, and, and that's not what you do. You lead the people, and you manage the systems, and we, we all have people in process. We all say people in process, people in process, but I think we really got to focus on the people. We have the process. Everybody knows the process, but nobody's focusing on the people. Uh, and I think uh, that's uh, what's really making a difference for us, anyhow, yep. is, is the focus on the people. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. And I want to go back to Kristen real quick. You know, we, we heard a couple of things. We heard, you know, Kevin Fry talk about bringing some, some you know, successful people that have been in other industries to come into the dealer for some training. We also heard from Mike talk about the fact that now that we're seeing – more women in leadership roles that you know that this industry has has typically uh, been a male dominated industry how that also creates a different perspective so i think that those two things allow us to maybe see the business through eyes that maybe we didn't typically see them before and i think that's real important so maybe you can touch on that kristen but most importantly i wanted to ask you kind of a similar question i asked mike which is it, you know, is there one thing that you've been able to do at your automotive group when it comes to training that you were like, you know what, this was a win for us? It, it could be something very simple, uh, just like, by the way, just like the, the, the change from the tie to the shoes. But, um, you know, something that maybe you see as a win and then maybe the value of also looking outside of our typical ways or our industry model at new and innovative things, which is going to be what we're going to get into here in just a moment. Go ahead, Kristen. Um, for us, our training is pretty straightforward. We make sure that, um, you know, like when our sales consultants come in, they do all of their training, um, you know, the online actual sales training and then also the manufacturer training as well. Um, and then at that point, they, um, they go through uh, one-on-one training with our sales management team. And then they're released to the floor, and when they go to the floor, they have a mentor. It's their team leader that works with them for at least the next two to three weeks. And um, then once they're able to start taking customers on their own, that team leader is the same person that comes in and closes their deals for them until they're at the point where they're ready to do that on their own. Um, so nothing real brown, groundbreaking there, um, but that's how we've done it, and, and it works really, really well. Um it- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, as far as hiring outside of the automotive industry, um, we're, we're not very good at that. Um, we did hire a girl that <laughs> lo- used to run the center for Walt Disney World, and, um, and it was great because she was able to help us change a lot of our culture here internally, but as far as, you know, automotive calls versus Disney timeshare calls, those, those are a little different. A little different, yeah, <laughs> so, I get it. We, yeah, but we did really enjoy the culture changes that she was able to help us make and um, and the process changes internally, too. So we're grateful for that. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. And, and we'll shift gears a little bit. I'll kind of end on this. You know, one thing that I'm seeing recurring, and I, I see it uh, with your organization, Tim, the things that you talked about. And by the way, I see it firsthand because I've had some interactions yep. personally there in Brandon with uh, Brad Weiss, who's just... Yep totally 
to me, has just upped the game there in that particular store. Yeah. And uh, we're so proud of what he's doing uh, there. It's incredible, um, the culture change there that, that has been up uplifted. And um, But the common theme that I'm hearing here, uh, Tim, is that it seems like as dealers, or at least the ones here on the panel and yourself, that now we're, we're taking those hires a little bit more seriously. Like we place more value on them and we want to make sure that we're laying the foundation from the very beginning and maybe we're investing a little bit more in their potential success. And I think that that is a big change for the auto business. Definitely. Uh, I think and that's, that's the important thing. We're, it costs so much now to hire a good person mm -hmm. All right, that to not invest time and effort to keep them you know, and just say, oh, well, I'll just find another one. I'll find another one. Don't worry right, about it. I'll find right. another one. It doesn't work. You don't find good ones all the time. Yeah. So, you know, just because they have a pulse doesn't mean they're good. Yeah, the ones that are easy to find may not be yeah. the ones you want, right? Yeah, so, the old fog the mirror. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's change up the, the uh, subject a little bit. Well, I wanted to get into now maybe some innovative things that are happening in the auto industry and maybe, you know, some things that are going to maybe shake things up a little and uh, some things that maybe are what next in the car business. And I want to start with Kevin Fry because, Kevin, your group has taken a real – you know, leadership role and just kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, taking some risk as, at the same time in jumping out into this new idea of the um, subscription-based uh, purchase or lease, or I don't even know what you want to call it. Maybe we just call it subscription. I'm sure you'll educate us a little bit. But um, Kevin, this idea of being able to, um, you know, commit to a new car without being completely committed to that car, why don't you share a little bit? Yeah, I got to tell you, with what we're doing, uh, I have not seen anything in my entire career with automotive that has created more excitement with consumers than automotive subscription. And if I can quickly summarize it, the traditional car buying experience has been someone coming in, trying to find the best vehicle that meets their needs, and ultimately they're always going to make some type of compromise. The young couple wants to get the sports car, but they've got the young ones. They're like, you know what, I better get that minivan. Or someone wants to get the real fuel-efficient car for work, but they're like, uh, I probably better get that SUV or crossover for those trips I take to Florida or hauling stuff around. And then you run them through finance. They get tied into a five-, six-, seven-year agreement. There's zero flexibility, long-term commitment on one vehicle, of which they have a new car experience for about one week, and it's probably never going to be clean again for the rest of its life like it was. Yeah, the French fries get we're down in between around, the seats. <laughs> and we're putting people into a month-to-month -month agreement with access to a fleet of over 50 cars that they can flip in and out of as many times and as often as they want, and they can have the perfect car for every occasion. When we deliver the car, it is cleaned, detailed, it has a full tank of gas, the radio stations are preset, we even move things from the current car to the new car. We are making driving fun again. And if I'm going to summarize it up, we're not just changing user expectations for their transportation needs, we are raising them. And uh, it, we are working hard. To, to make this work and to scale it, and I'm convinced it's a game-breaker in the transportation field. Okay, so that opens up a lot of questions, and, and, and what I'm going to do is allow our panel to ask you some questions about it, Kevin. You'll play host for a moment, but uh, 
Let's go to Kristen. And Kristen, just as a dealer, you know, you just heard a little summarization of, of a new uh, way to do business or at least a new option for buyers. Uh, what questions would you have of Kevin? Um, and I'll let you go ahead and ask those now. I have so many. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's amazing and wonderful. Um, but you know, how do you manage that? Do you have a dedicated team? Is it one or two people, or is it a very large group of people? Um, do you have credit lines set up for these vehicles, or is it all uh, wholly owned vehicles? How do you insure them? I mean, it's just it's it's an amazing program. It's just um, seems like there's there's a lot of ways to go with it. You're writing these down, right, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, you got I me. Mean, I can really I can spend an entire uh, episode kind of walking through them. But you know, I would share the platform that we're using to manage the fleet is Clutch, uh, which is based out of Atlanta. And running internally actually is a minimal amount of people. We essentially have one person that oversees the program. Uh, we started out with one concierge, which just makes you know ten, twelve bucks an hour. They clean, detail, and deliver the cars. Uh, and we're now up to we call a one and a half concierge. Because uh, we're sharing this other person with, uh, you know, another department. But we're actually able to keep the labor pretty minimal on it. We are using a traditional line of credit. The insurance is included within the payment, and it's a one-of-a-kind policy. Wow. There's really not a lot of competition because the concept is so new in providing the insurance for it. But, but, but I'm going to throw this out there, and I want everybody to really open their minds and think about this. Because all of us have always been jealous of, you know, Disney and the Apple Store and these amazing consumer experiences that they create. And our reality forever has been this. We sell a car, and then we hope and pray that we see that customer two to three times per year, assuming that they actually return to our dealership to get an oil change, and then getting on our knees and pleading in prayer that the salesperson actually goes back to talk to them when they arrive. I am here to tell you with automotive subscription, we are interacting with our customers on average two and a half times per month at a personal level in a non-adversarial relationship. And in their own words, it's like getting a new car every couple weeks. This is what I believe automotive has always been looking for and what we're currently testing. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting uh, dynamic, and and I want to remind our viewers, and we'll try to we'll get our producers to add this link to the show comments here. Uh, if we can't do it during the show, we'll certainly do it after. But uh, there's some news stories that have featured uh, this subscription base that uh, at Weiler Automotive, which we'll share with our viewers. Let's go to Mike Esposito real quick. Did you have any uh, specific questions for Kevin as to uh, how this logistically works? So, well, no, certainly not so much logistically, but uh, philosophically, in what's the difference of me going to, and I'll play devil's advocate here, going to Enterprise and renting a car for a week and then coming back, you know, the next week and renting another car that I, because I need an SUV, and then coming back in next week and renting a car. Versus uh, the way I understand the program is you have a fleet of cars, a lot enterprise that people are using on a daily, weekly basis, a la enterprise, that they're paying you maybe on a monthly basis for some usage, uh, a la enterprise, except I'm paying it as I go. So how, how does that differ? 
Mike, that's a great question, and the, the one-word answer is personalization. Because what we're doing, and it takes, when we exchange a vehicle with you, we call that a flip, all right? So literally from your phone, you get on the app, and let's decide that, you know, you've got, you're going to go out with friends on the weekend, you want to get a Buick Enclave that will comfortably seat six. So you'll quickly schedule that, you know, hey, tomorrow between 10 and 11, can you bring me an enclave? And you can designate, I want to do it at my house, I want to do it at my work, I want to do it at a Ruby Tuesdays restaurant, whatever is convenient for you in our operating area. What happens is about the first 10 to 12 times when you request to do that, we're starting to learn your preferences. Every time you exchange a vehicle, you're going to get a quick tech survey. What did you like about that car? What did you not like about that car? When our concierge arrives, they're going to ask you some questions and then put that information into the platform as well as, you know, why did you get that car, what did you like, et cetera. After around the 12th flip, AI has enough information to kick in, and it is, because up to that point, we're manually assigned vehicles. After about the 12th time, that AI will pick up, and it will know the types of cars you like and why. So, if, for example, if you request an SUV, we're going to know that you prefer a Mercedes GLC 300 in black with leather. Further, this works to our advantage because for this to work, you have to constantly, believe it or not, have people moving in and out of cars because that enables right. us to lower the amount of cars we have per consumer that's in the system. When we're doing that, and let's say, for example, David is in this nice Camaro that Tim wants uh, in the next day or two. If he doesn't come out of that car, the other benefit of this information is AI. Is we might just pop up a little text on Tim's phone that says, uh, hey, uh, I know that you really like the new Cadillac CTS, and guess what? We just got one in inventory, and we can deliver that today. Meanwhile, he's giving up the car that I know David wants. Or beyond that, I might know that it's your birthday or your anniversary. And we can hit you with a text and say, hey, we'd like to give you a free upgrade to a Chevy ZR Corvette for the weekend. Talk about a wow moment. And by the way, we might be actually pushing you out of a car that we need to give to someone else. At the end of the day, we're really creating a personalized experience um, because of the software and all the information we have. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, thank, that makes sense. Thank you, Kevin um, and Mike. Uh, Tim, go ahead. I know yeah, you had I'm a couple questions. I was just going to ask uh, just when – I give up my Corvette or I give up my Camaro for the Corvette for the weekend. And now the weekend's over and I need the Corvette back. But David's now got my Camaro. <laughs> right. What, <laughs> how do I get my Camaro back? Do I, you know, take it up with David? <laughs> we we cannot guarantee that you're going to always have the car you want. But I can tell you that that really hasn't been a problem. And as the fleet gets larger, and if you think about this, the larger the fleet is, on any average day, with people coming in and out of vehicles, you know you're going to have so many SUVs available, so many sports cars available, etc. And over time, what you're trying to do is work down that ratio of cars to users to be most efficient as an operating company. Uh, Ke Kevin, I'm going gonna to ask go you this real quick, Kevin. Um, and then I'll go to Chris for a final question, and then we'll wrap it up with the panel. But 
Um, real quick, Kevin, I know this program is still, you know, it's really ultimately still in the beginning stages, but you guys have done so mm-hmm. much with it already. How many people are actively enrolled in your subscription, and how long did it take you to get this far? So we launched in mid-January, and we're approaching about 50 active users right now. And we're looking to launch our upper tier, and we've already got a waiting list of people that want to do that. We've got people that want to actually leave the current tier to go to upper tier, and then we have a waiting list of people that just want to go straight to the upper tier. And if anything, that's probably the one thing we underestimated when we launched the uh, solution was more of the, the number one question we've got since day one is when is the upper tier going to launch? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, let's go to Chris. Chris, did you have a question for Kevin before we uh, wrap things up? Yeah, because I, I, the, the thing that I find interesting is, to me, it sounds like you're taking the salesperson right out of it. And in all the training I've done and from all the top producers I've met in my career, three times a year, if that's all anybody's reaching their customer, then, yeah, that that's shame on them. I mean, I know I talk to mine several times, and I still get text messages from people that I sold years ago at another dealership asking me questions because they consider me their car guy. They've not found anybody that's given them the service. So I've had people that have driven. But is, is what I'm understanding, is this program just eliminating the salesperson to put someone in there at 10 to $12 an hour? Uh, so we do have, uh, if a salesperson refers someone to the program, you know, they're going to get a, a small commission based upon that. But at this point in the market, Chris, I mean, we're going to sell 40,000 cars this year at Jeff Weiler Automotive. And this isn't going to begin to make a dent in those 40,000. What we're doing in the bigger picture is we're testing for the future to be best positioned to, to meet higher consumer expectations because think about it it's the second largest purchasing decision you make in your lifetime can't we offer a hell of a lot more than a long inflexible agreement on one car which is what we've currently always been doing can't we do better i think that's what you're starting to see with these car sharing services whether it's subscription things we're offering the question every dealer should be asking themselves every single day with every decision as simple as this. If this doesn't make us more consumer-facing, then why are we pursuing it? And that's what we're trying to do is find some better consumer-facing solutions to be prepared for the future. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. You know, uh, Tim, what I love about this is I, I just feel like it's challenging our our, our, our uh, you know our creativity as dealers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay... Now, when we see this, we're thinking, well, it, this may not be for us or this may not be the answer, but it gets us thinking, okay, well, what, what could I do? What could we do maybe to, to, to get more market share in a creative way? And we do have to stay conscious. I think Jeff Weiler is doing a great job at staying conscious of that, hey, there's, there's change coming. This will help yep. us prepare for it. It's just one example. We're going to close out, so we're going to go kind of around, and if each person will just give you know, 60-second closing comment uh, about today's show, and if you want to give your contact information so other dealers or salespeople can or vendors can reach out to you, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, we'll kick it off with Mike Esposito, and then we'll go to Kristen, and then Chris and Kevin. Mike. Well, I, I think the best thing about the show is, and I've talked to many dealers about this, is is that 
dealers are now concerned about the culture in their dealership. And I think that the more dealers get on board with it, and I think Tim also talked about it a little bit of, you know, it's a matter of leadership. You don't manage, you you lead your people, and your people will follow you through a wall if they understand that you really care about them. I think that, you know, if that message can get across to dealers, your retention rates of your your salespeople and people in dealership will definitely go up as will then if you have happy employees you're going to have happy customers and therefore you have happy dealers so i think it's right on on uh, spot on the the uh, discussion today so um i'm president and ceo of automate dealership systems you can reach me at msposito m-e-s-p-o-s-i-t-o at automate.com or right straight through our website at www.automate.com. Thanks for having me here today. Hey, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Let's go to Kristen for closing comments. So thanks for having me on the show. This was a lot of fun. Um, The few remarks that I'd like to leave with is just to remember that our team is always our family. Um, If you can focus on the why, they'll fight so hard for you to, to help you achieve the goals as long as they understand the why behind it. Um, our hashtag here is lead with love, and I think that if you approach every day that way, um, you'll, ha- you'll have a really good life and a really good career. Um, I can be reached at kdillard at com. Love it. You're such a great guest, Kristen. We appreciate having you on today and you taking your time. Thanks for being yep. on the show. And we'll go to Chris Fuckel for closing comments. First, I just want to thank you for having me on Um I, I think from the sales perspective and the management is if everybody can start coming together, like we talked a lot about the training, because I know I wouldn't be near where I was without the training that I had. And I was lucky enough at all the dealerships I've been at to have owners that understand that. But I've heard the horror stories, like you spoke earlier, you just put them on the floor and let them go. So I think the big thing I hope people can get out of this from both sides is the salesman that don't want to train, but now can be encouraged to train and that the owners will help provide that training. Um, you can reach me, Joe Mockings Toyota. My direct number is 816-984-9393. Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, Kevin, if you'll give us 60 seconds and wrap it up, that'd be great. Sure. I think simply put, it comes down to this. Take care of your people and they'll take care of you. Uh, I love that, uh, that, that guideline, lead with love. Kristen, you're my new best friend. That is awesome. (laughs) And I will be uh, speaking a digital dealer about auto subscription and intentionally leaving a large Q&A section. So if you you have questions, uh, fire away. Uh, I'll be up there and answer them the best I can. So I enjoyed being on today. Thank you, Kevin, as always. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much, panel. Thanks for being on the show today. And uh, Tim, great job, Tim. Great show. I appreciate you being here. So I want to get closing comments from not only Tim Jocelyn, but Tim Jocelyn, director of operations of of a, a dozen rooftops or so, or at least nameplates uh, with Furman. Not only one of the oldest dealers in the country, uh, but one of the greatest groups. And it, we're so fortunate to have you here locally in the Tampa Bay area. And first of all, thanks for coming in in studio. Thanks for having me and being here. And, um, and, you know, maybe give us some feedback or, you know, as we speak to dealers and wrap the show up as to what your thoughts were to today, what maybe impacted you, and any advice for dealers. Well, what I took from this, uh, just listening to everybody, is it, it seems like uh, across the nation, people are starting to get on board with leading their people and, 
and loving their people. Uh, that's that's important, and people know uh, if you care about them. They really do, and uh, they'll stick around. And Kristen said it, they'll fight if they know the why. They'll fight for it, and uh, so that's important. Uh, I think it's important that you don't stop training. Uh, I think it was uh, was it uh, Kevin? I believe it talked about training. And uh, I think you just you can't stop training. You have to continually train. And uh, when you're continually training, people are continually growing, and that's all they want to do. People don't want to be stagnant. They want to grow. Yeah. And uh, if you're allowing them to grow, you're letting them take charge of their future too. Yep. Well, I think that's great. I, I th- and I'm I, not only was today's show I think spot on with uh, what we needed to talk about, but also um, I just want to give you this opportunity, also uh, Tim, real quick, as uh, director of operations for Furman, the entire Furman Group. Um, you know, what would you say to someone who? Uh, maybe thinking about, hey, I'm just not in the right place right now. I just don't feel like this is the culture. This is the home for me. Um, you know, I'm sure there are opportunities at Furman. Maybe you'd love to, uh, to to have some conversations or at least some of your GMs or GSMs or uh, HR people would love to talk to some people about maybe joining the Furman group. Yeah, if you don't think you're in the right place or you know you're not in the right place, uh, it doesn't hurt to look. I mean, there's nothing, no harm in looking. And you just might find out that, hey, you, you really aren't in the right place, and there's a different culture out there. Uh, you can reach me easily. At my email is very simple. It's taj at com. So it's taj at com. Uh, drop me an email, and I'll get you in touch with the right people. Great, great. Thank you so much, Tim, for, Thank for you. being on today. I really Appreciate enjoyed it. the show with you here today. Great. Well, All nice. right. Guys, we gotta give our we got to give out some swag, right? Yeah. Our swag pack. Okay, so, so that our, workout. Our, yeah. So, <laughs> so our winner will be Karen Ann. Karen Ann is our winner of our swag pack. Karen Ann, come right. on down! Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations! You didn't yeah. just get the sports Ooh. shirt. You got a lot of other goodies that'll be coming your way. And uh, look, we appreciate everyone tuning in. The show where dealers go. Catch us next week. We'll be right back here at three thirty on Thursday, right here on Auto Dealer Live. <laughs>